The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good day, and welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis. Good morning. Welcome to PR Insider. I am your host, Maureen Kettis. Don't you just love all those disclaimers at the beginning? It's nobody's responsible for anything said or thought. Well, I am responsible this morning. Actually, I'm going to hold my executive producer, John Missile, responsible because he, he brings me two guests that are very, very different, and I'm thinking, how are they related? And then I realize they do have a lot in common because both of them have figured out a way to reformulate business, uh, their own entrepreneurial business in a different way to make money, and it's especially pertinent in the, in the new economy. So my first guest is, um, after three decades in public relations, Ms. Judy Katz, with a K. She wanted to write books, other people's books. So in 2003, she founded Katz Creative Incorporated, a ghostwriting business, and, um, and she also uh, founded New Voices Press, a vanity publisher that has produced 14 titles. And she also was once a PR director for Madison Square Garden, and she writes book proposals and does PR and marketing for finished books. You can find out about her on catscreative.com. That's K-A-T-Z creative.com. And my second guest, Richard Grove, who goes by Dick, um, is chairman and CEO of Inc. That's I-N-K Incorporated. So it's inkincpr.com. And he has over 40 years' experience in PR industry, and he pioneered the performance-based compensation, making all the rest of us look bad, um, he, uh, CNN, PBS, Forbes Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal have all profiled Grove in his media outreach methods. He began as a beat reporter and has a master's degree in journalism, and his range of experience encompasses financial and investment uh, relations to high-tech, to entertainment, and some of his clients have included IBM, Honeywell, Dr. Scholl's, Coca-Cola, Armorall, and Jack Daniels. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank Richard you. And Judy. Thank you. Hi. So I, I realize my um, executive producer did not do too many drugs in the 60s, that there actually is some relation. So, you know, how did you initially decide, and this is a question for both of you, and maybe we can start with Judy, how did you initially decide to create a way of generating revenue that was different from business models you had done previously? You know, yeah, it's interesting. That's a great first question because a little over five years ago, I came home exhausted, commuting from my midtown office, where I had 12 souls on board, um, each of whom had um, a soap opera tragedy going each day, you know, as employees often do. And I, and, and I was everybody's Jewish mother rather than doing what I love to do all the time, which is write and pitch. Uh, so I looked around my 2,000-square-foot, three-bedroom, three-bath terrace, Upper West Side apartment, and I, and where my two cats are wandering around uh, the empty hallways all day, and I said, "What can I do that people will pay me well, and that will allow me to, um, you know, work on my own?" 
out of the home. And uh, then it came to me, ghostwriting. I could write books for other people. So the first thing that I did was a misstep because since I was working with the media, I had a big story. They put out a big story on me um, in AP News features, which went across the world. And it said a woman of a certain age transitions to writing other people's books. And even though it said that I did it as a business and I was planning on charging a lot of money, hundreds and hundreds of people came to me and they all wanted me basically to win the lottery for them, um, you know, write the book they could never write. Then, So you've created a way of, of generating revenue from from doing something that you were passionate about. Absolutely. And Richard, and the same question to you. Um, you know, there, there's such a PR model of the monthly retainer, and, and, and what what inspired you to sort of change well, the methodology? Both, it was pretty simple, actually. Both as a client, and I have been a client to some of the very large PR firms, traditional firms, and I have been general manager of uh, some of the big, large PR firms. But in both cases, it had to do with the send, either sending out a bill or receiving a monthly bill that was uh, large and didn't necessarily show that I had accomplished anything or I had received anything in return other than a lot of effort, so to speak, mm-hmm. or relationship building or auditing etc. And so what it ultimately came down to was media coverage. And I learned a long time ago in this business that uh, clients hire a PR firm for a lot of different reasons, but they fire you for one. And that one reason you get fired as a PR firm is you're not getting the coverage uh, that a client is expecting or needing. And so I decided to turn the model upside down a little bit, design a firm first and foremost to be a firm that goes after and gets good media coverage and to charge for that after the fact and build a model around that. So, Wow. And so, so, you know, how did you get your first client to come on board with that? I mean... Well, it's not too hard when you say to a client, "Look, I'm going to uh I'm going to I'm going to go get you the coverage you want and I'm not going to charge you unless I get it." How's right. that? So you only sign then clients that you really feel sure you can get them from. Well, yes, and that's pretty well known in my uh, uh among the clients that have worked with me over the years, frankly, is that uh we take clients only if we think we can actually develop and and uh, good storylines for them that in fact will be attractive to the media and uh and that's the real key because when you're only getting paid if you're actually successful in delivering coverage you have to make sure that you're delivering what the media is looking for needs wants etc so you, you tend to develop very good relationships with the media because you're delivering for them what they're looking for do you make mistakes? I mean, do you sometimes take on clients that you think you're going to, and then you end up in the in the red? Well, I'd say it's happened a few times, but we've been at it so long that we're pretty good at knowing when a client and looking ahead of time and seeing whether, whether in fact, a client has those kinds of attributes, the stories, the hooks that are going to be attractive to the media. And, frankly, in many cases what you do is you you've develop them, you look for them, and you... Uh, if you're creative and you dig and you've got good news instincts, which I like to think my people have, 
we find those little subtle hooks, frankly, that uh, that get the media attracted. Right, and and it ends up costing sometimes costing the client more, doesn't it? When I've done the paper placement model, they end up spending more than well, not necessarily more, but what it is, we like to think it's accountable. But it's certainly, I tell clients up front, we're not necessarily cheap. We're good, right, and and we're accountable. So what you're going to pay at the end of the month is you're going to actually receive something in return, which is coverage and and proof of that coverage. Right, Right. And, and and Judy, how do you um, how do you find your clients? How do you select um, someone that not how do you find them, but how do you decide on a client whose book you're going to ghostwrite? Well, that's interesting. I sometimes the books that people want to write isn't the one that they should write, isn't the one they think they should write. But basically, <clears throat> the first book that I did was with an existing client, and I explained to her why uh, uh, having a book, being an author, is the ultimate marketing tool today. You know, beyond the business card and the website, the next thing is being an author. And the big placements I've found are much easier to get for people when they have that perceived expertise of having a book. So uh, she did something interesting with that book. She owns a Wall Street IRPR firm downtown, so um, what we did was we printed 8,500 copies and she sent about five or 6,000 out to CEOs of small public uh, biotech and technology companies with a great cover letter and she made an extra three or four million dollars that first year just from having the book and sending it out. So she wasn't selling the book, she was using it literally as a marketing tool and we've done three books since then. Uh, but I have many ways of finding people. Sometimes it's people who come to me for PR and don't have a book, and sometimes it's word of mouth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just going to networking events on a high end, and people say, what do you do? And I just say, I'm a ghostwriter, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They, they're just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, I want to do a book, and, and then we start talking. And if it's not them, sometimes it's, you know, I have a friend who is thinking of doing a book. So the other thing is that uh, some people are really marvelous public speakers. I have one client who speaks to 20, 10 or 20,000 people at a time. She's an absolutely marvelous keynote speaker, and she came to me with her book and idea and said, why is it that I can speak to all these people comfortably and I can't, I've tried for seven years to write this book and, and now you've based it for me. And I told her that it was a different art form. You know, when you speak to people, you tell them what you're going to tell them, the old, you know, then you tell them and then you remind them what you told them. In a book, you can't be repetitious. It's also uh, just, that not everybody is crazy enough to want to sit there and massage a paragraph, a page, a chapter. It's like I hear music in my head. Mm-hmm. I, I call it chipping away everything that isn't David. As when they asked Michelangelo, how did you take this block of marble and, and do this? He said it was easy. I just chipped away everything that wasn't David. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I do. Mm-hmm. And um, Richard, be- before we go to break, do you um, find that you, you- prefer clients that have written books or does it not is it not necessary for you or no i mean i 
you know, there are clients, but most of our clients lie in the corporate area. So uh, a, a few times you find that a client, uh, you know, a CEO or uh, a chairman perhaps has written a book, and that can always be used as a wonderful hook with the media to uh, give them more authority, so to right. speak, to uh, to place them in a story. But but primarily we we don't really deal with uh, with authors. Do you think there's I mean, I sometimes worry because I had a client that I, you know, I encouraged to write a book for years, and then actually, I, before I knew about you, Judy, I got her a ghostwriter to, to actually do it because she uh-huh. had real problems actually getting it on paper. Although she's right. a great article writer, mm-hmm. but to actually write the book. But um, do, you, do, you, do you think there's too many authors out there now? Do I? No. You know what? Since we sat around the campfire uh, telling stories, or maybe Shakespeare. All the stories are told. There's no new right. stories. The thing is, everyone has a unique voice. Right. And so I think that there's plenty of room left for people to say things and share their unique, soulful experiences in a new way. And, and Dick, do you feel the same about the Oh, book? sure, absolutely. And we have clients that have expressed interest in, in, in writing a book, and, uh, and I've certainly directed them in, toward you know, toward writers and ghostwriters and so forth that we feel might be able to express that voice for them. But again, most of our clients are not don't really fall right, into they're, that they're category. Corporate. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, um, and when we come back, we'll have more with uh, Richard Grove, who likes to be called Dick, and um, Judy Katz. And we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is your host, Maureen Kettis, and you've been listening to PR Insider on Voice America Business. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. 
would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Vasily, radio to thrive by. Cision's communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis, and we've been schmoozing during the break and, and networking. Um, I'm on with Judy Katz from Katz Creative Inc. Oh, sorry, KatzCreative.com, and uh, Richard Grove, Dick Grove um, from Inc. I N K Inc. And you can find him at InkInkPR.com. I'm sure you have to explain that address on the phone, on the telephone with people, right? When you're giving them your web address, Dick, is that hard? Uh, sometimes, but most people actually, they ink, ink, you know, I get a pause, but... Uh, then they get it. <laughs> yeah, then they get it, yeah. I love it. I think it's brilliant. So I want to find, I want to get into the little bit of the brass tacks of, of both of your businesses in ter- terms of, you know, because a lot of our listeners are in marketing and PR and, um, you know, how your business works and how your fees work. So let's get into it. Um, Judy, let's start with you. How does a ghostwriter work and, and how do you determine how much? Well, you know, everyone wants to do a book with me until they hear that I charge $100,000 and uh, then, uh, you know, they fall off their chair, but <laughs> some of them do. But, you know, my I'm very comfortable with what I charge and uh, I think it's the best money you could spend. Um because it puts you in another stratosphere. And I just tell people, look, um, a full-page ad in the Times is over $100,000, and the next day it's lining a birdcage. Um, you know, and being an author is forever, so it can get you speaking engagements, it can get you high-end clients, it can build your brand, your reputation. So that's how I feel. And I don't have that many parking spaces. When you, and when you brain. have the first one, I mean, that's the the story that amazes me is that you know your first one, you didn't mm-hmm. have the track record to show. I mean, now you've got the blockbusters to show. Hey, you know, I right, did it. exactly. But how did you get that first one? Yeah, that was uh, a client 
with a Wall Street firm so she could well afford ah, the book. Okay. And then when she saw what happened. But I, I'm working on some extraordinary books right now. And not only are they, not only do they have great potential, but I've got one of the top literary agents in the country, Al Zuckerman at Writer's House, who's a wonderful human being, and I only bring him something that I think is fantastic. So over the years, I've brought him four or five books that have done exceptionally well. So at some point, we might transition to a book proposal if I think it's something that can uh, really resonate with the mainstream world of publishing. Otherwise, I am a big believer in self-publishing, well, let's get into that topic um, in a minute, but I first mm-hmm. want to ask Dick sort of the same question. How, how does it work for you, and, and how do you determine fees? Like, how, what, What's the process when a client comes to you? With, well, when uh, a, and almost all of our clients are referenced these days, which is good, mm-hmm. which is good. We call it the locker room or the boardroom reference, and usually because they've been displeased or with a traditional firm and not really received anything and, mm-hmm. and putting out big, you know, uh, fat retainers or hourly fees. But when they come to us, we talk to them, obviously, in detail, and that's actually my job in the beginning, and to find out what they do, what they're looking for, uh, what kind of experience they've had in terms of uh, publicity placements and, and dealing with the media. And uh, primarily, we look to see, uh, is there are there things there that are going to find resonance and traction with the media that serves the markets that they want to uh, talk to? Mm-hmm. And uh, we work out uh, a structure. All of our fees are, I mean, what we do basically is we charge by the placement and on a sliding scale by the length of a story. And uh, in the case of print and blogs and online, it's by the word. And in the case of broadcast in radio or television, national, local, etc., it's by the time, by literally the length of a, of a story. And uh, we have a proprietary formula we've worked out over the last, to my goodness, uh, 12, 13 years that uh, we use to price things out like that. Right. We charge a very small retainer. Uh, we call it almost a maintenance fee because it's really not a profit mm-hmm. center for us. But it is a small administrative fee, and then we ask our clients to uh, to earmark a contingency budget. And so we have clients that spend $30,000 a year with us, and we have clients that spend $250,000 a year with us. Right, it just depends on what they, yeah. I mean, that's always been hard for me in my business when I have had clients that freak out over the retainer and and, and I say, well, okay, we can do a per placement, but it probably ends up costing you more, and it usually does. Um, but uh, it's hard to, you know, you because you, you look at like, oh, I got you this, and then, you know, I got you the LA Times, and then it appeared in seven other things online, and how do you, you know, and then it, then this blog went off of that, and how do you, you know, well, how do you we've track been pretty it? Good, how do you but we always it? try and institute one of the things that we're trying to be we very fair about is if there isn't a direct causal relationship from our work to the published or printed or broadcast story, then we simply don't charge. So it has to be a direct causal relationship. So, uh, but yeah, and you know, over the years, obviously, we have worked out and the the nuances of where something gets picked up and why and so forth, and and uh, we've worked out ways to charge 
for that or not charged for that if we don't feel like uh, we had a direct, uh, uh, if it wasn't directly resulting from our work. Wow. And my people, by the way, and I didn't say this before, the people that work for me, we work out of, uh, they work out of home offices, and that's really the key of the model is that uh, we have a large administrative headquarters but other than that, everybody literally around the world, and we have people in the Far East and Europe and, and certainly all across the U.S., they're all senior-level people that work for us out of a home office, which dramatically drops the overhead. overhead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, therefore, I can take most of the financial risk and not put it on clients. So I'm not having my clients pay for high-rise offices that mean little to the media anyway. So your people are contract workers? They're not, not necessarily. No, not They're, necessarily. Most of them are under, we work under contracts with us. Some people have been with me literally for 18 years. Wow. So wow. Uh, we've, we've developed a very good team and network of people that understand us. They are networked together mm-hmm. uh, through our own internal intranet. It's a, uh, it's a pretty well organized and structured kind of situation as opposed to the individual freelancer out there that says, I can get you in the Wall Street Journal and I'll charge you this much if I get it. That's yeah. that's not necessarily, we do somewhat similar, but on a very broad institutionalized m- manner. Wow. So so we have this, you know, home office phenomenon, which I, I felt like I personally started <laughs> 18 years ago when I started doing that and people were, you know, I had to hide it. I had to hide the fact that I was working from home, but... Um, but I wanted that freedom and um, and not and not having to commute and having that extra hour so I could go on my run in the morning. You know that was my deal. But um, but so and, you. And by the way, that's what many people we recruit many people the same way. Yeah. Uh, they're tired of commuting in from New Rochelle into Manhattan every Absolutely. day. They're they're tired of going from the East Bay into San Francisco. I like it for a once a week face to face meeting, catch up, mm-hmm. figure out, and then and then you go back to your. Um, so, so you have this sort of phenomenon with the home office based, and I want to get into new media after our second break. But, but, but also the self-publishing thing. Um, and we only have a couple minutes, Judy. But can you tell us a little okay. bit about going from what you brought up before, traditional publishing versus self-publishing? Yeah, there are about two hundred thousand books published every year, mm-hmm. and to get attention in a very noisy, crowded um, atmosphere, uh, you know, you have to have a huge platform. You, that's why someone like Madonna can write children's books. Of course, she doesn't write her own. But the point is, um, you know, if you have a big platform, the publishers will give you a nice advance. But publishing is going through its own challenges right now. If you can self-publish a book, and it's a lot less expensive than you think, and then get out there and show that you can sell 5,000 or so copies Many mainstream publishers will then show interest. They'll maybe have a bidding war. But first, you've got to get that book out there. And there have been a number of blockbusters that have started as self-published um, books. And I have a whole uh, column on it on my website, When Should You Self-Publish Always? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm a big believer in it for many, many reasons that we don't have time to go into, but it's all in the article. Wow, that's amazing because I have a friend who has an amazing uh, love story where he rescued his... Um girlfriend from Cuba, and now he's marrying her. So it's a very dramatic Sounds like story. A and uh, he's self-publishing, and I thought to myself, oh, that's a mistake. But no, I think... No, that, it isn't. 
it's not a mistake. He said everybody wanted too big of a piece of the pie that he talked about. For one thing, yeah, you you know, you get to keep most of the money. You know, Picasso used to run around telling everybody in the early days, I'm a great artist, buy my painting. Why should anybody be timid about beating their own drum? All right, well, with that, we're going to take another break. This is your host, Maureen Kettis, and uh, we'll be back with Richard Grove and Judy Katz talking more about, we're going to get into some new media. And uh, this is your host again, Maureen Kettis, and our sponsor is Cision. You can visit them at us.cision.com. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Cision's communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the 
Show. Welcome back again to PR Insider, and thanks for listening. Um, all these shows, our numbers are doing really well. I'm on with uh, Judy Katz from Katz Creative. That's K-A-T-Z, creative.com, in case you just tuned in. And also um, Richard Grove, uh, chairman and CEO of Inc., I-N-K, Inc. I love saying that. Um, <laughs> you can find him at Inc. Inc. PR.com, and also check out his uh, blog on thegrovereport.blogspot.com. So let's talk about new media because it's it's completely changed the way you know this sort of self-publishing new media, all the digital age has completely changed the PR business, the marketing business. Um, Dick, how does the blog help you, and um, why do you blog? Well, I I blog because initially because I was told I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Like me, that's what I call my I'm I'm a, I'm of the old school, and so I'm the first to admit I was uh, I was drug kicking and screaming into new media because we knew we had to uh, we had to do it when it came to uh, our clients, and the clients were demanding that and so forth. But it was also pointed out that it was a good marketing toy, I mean, ploy for us as well. So I began the blog about a year ago and so forth, and frankly find it uh, very satisfying on a couple of different fronts. One, it does get uh, more of, uh, of, of, I guess, who we are and why, because the blog is centered around the fact it's pay for performance and the fact that I've been in the business a long time and a certain view I have of, of the business. Uh, so it brings us it brings us new clients, and it uh, it's a wonderful uh, outlet for both a creative outlet uh, uh, for me, but also just to uh, uh, to kind of get a point of view out when we get a chance to do it. Has it led to any business? What's that? Has it led to any business? Uh, it has certainly. Uh, but you know, where I wouldn't say anybody called and said. Uh, geez, we just read your blog and we want to hire you. But it has established uh, where people say, and by the way, I read your blog, etc. And, you know, it's more of a, a long-term influence on things and so forth than it is a direct causal yeah, thing. Yeah, right. It's, it's public relations. <laughs> well, it is. And and, I am. We encourage our clients to blog. Obviously, we do. We have a whole program. Uh, a new media program for our clients, and blogging is certainly part of it. We don't write the blog for them because that, in effect, takes away what the blogs are really all about. Well, Judy, that's but, an interesting point. Do you ghost blog? Mm, well, I have, but I, I don't encourage blogs personally. Um, I wrote a few, and it was good because it forced me to express certain things, and I put them on my website, but... I personally didn't find that it brought me any business. I, I get it, like Dick does, from references, right. from happy campers. Because I think that that, I, I have often thought about that. I, you know, For example, every time I get a client, I, I say, you've got to be blogging, you've got to be tweeting, you've mm. got to be Facebooking, you've got to be LinkedIn, da 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 and um, how's your website, and let's get this, you know. And I think that whole arm of having somebody run that for somebody, ghost write that for somebody actually could be effective, but but it could be a nice little uh, side business. Yeah, I just found that my clients are incredibly busy and they want me to write their blogs for them from, you know, bullet points, and it's just a lot more writing. Right. Oh, so I don't encourage that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just coming up with new ideas. <laughs> right. 
Well, yeah, but I think that is a business. Yeah. Right. Uh, do, uh, do you um, do you tweet? Either of you tweet? Because I'm always getting requests for tweets, and I'm not. I'm up there, but I don't even. I'm not even sending out messages. I, I don't do as much as I'm told I should, but every once in a while I send out a tweet. But mm-hmm. one of the things we do for our clients is a thing called blurbing. And blurbing is where you're commenting on, uh, and there we can. I mean, it's not what I'd call ghost blurbing, but uh-huh. where we're actually making comments on websites and others' blogs on a particular topic that affects our clients or concerns our clients, where you are adding to the comment section on that blog or on that particular article. So that it draws people to you. Like they want to know, who's this person saying Yeah, it may, it may be explaining something in a little more detail. It may be adding a link or a URL for further edification on a particular subject. And we do that now for, for uh, two or three of our clients. So i got to learn another term now? It's, it's blogging, blogging, <laughs> blogging meets burping, blurbing? <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but what's the difference between blurbing and chatting? Uh, well, blurbing is where you're adding your comment onto a, uh, it's not necessarily a chat, but it's adding a comment on okay, or so adding it's not some live. verification, et cetera. Wow, this is uh, it's just something else i got to learn. Oh. Well, what I do proactively in that regard is very successfully is using the ProfNet queries and the helper reporter out or Harrow mm-hmm. uh, for my clients, and I get a lot of that. Yeah, they're always looking for authors. And exactly. Or, you know, uh, my clients are not authors primarily. They are people who have businesses or professions, and the book is secondary. You know, so we're talking about what they have to offer uh-huh. as experts in their fields. What kind of client is your favorite kind of client? This is a good question for both of you. Um, Dick, you want to start? What's, sure, what's your my favorite, favorite kind of thing? client? Uh, these days, one that has a sizable budget. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, I think we all have that in common. <laughs> but in a more serious vein, we, uh, uh, you know, we, we're pretty much generalists, so we cross over all kinds of different clients. But probably the client that I personally like the best are the clients that, uh, that are consumer oriented more, that have a consumer service, because there, there you get to move into different kinds of media that are more consumer oriented. More fun. I agree with you. I think the consumer media is definitely more fun, and it can cross over into the B2B, whereas if it's B2B, it can't really cross over into the consumer. So but it's a, it's a difficult time right now, and I'm being a little facetious about the budgets, but budgets have really tightened over the last three oh, yeah. to four months. Oh, I know. And accountability has become, and value are two very key words these days, mm-hmm. and and procrastination is a third word. <laughs> so. No, pro- procrastination paying bills? or uh, No, well, paying bills, but more so in terms of the, the, the decision-making process oh, tends right. to be drawn out more. Uh, in terms of evaluating when they're going to go with a PR firm and so right. on. Right, right, right. So, you know, some of our listeners um, obviously are publicists and, and, and small business owners. What should they be doing now um, to generate more business in the current economic climate? That's a good question for you, um, Judy. Yeah, I, I, my favorite client uh, is, is someone who's coachable, and they understand that the media is not there to do your advertising. They're there to satisfy their audience. 
so that you need to uh, see, as Dick said earlier, uh, what is that unique angle that you can bring? What is it that you can bring that will entertain or educate their audience? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's an unexpected uh, angle. So I like clients who listen to me and... (laughs) Look, Can you tell us, because I'm on the break, you were telling this us is what I do. This is what I know how to do. So when I give them my informed opinion, I, I like them to be flexible and understand that this is one thing that I do know about. Can you tell us some of the titles that you were, or some of the topics that you were, um, that you're working on now, or is that not? Oh, sure. Oh, okay, because it was, it was great. You were telling me during the break, but they sounded intriguing. So. Oh, oh yeah, an oncologist who's been working for 30 years with people who have cancer or are dying of cancer, and he sat at the bedside um, and, and discovered something extraordinary. His book is called Cancer Doctor, Witnessing the Soul's Triumph Over Death. Oh. This is going to be a blockbuster. This You, you just lose your fear of death. Can you say Oprah? Hmm? Can you say Oprah? That sounds like an Oprah. You know, I, I just want to add something about that. I've had people on Oprah, and it hasn't moved the needle in some cases, and I've had people who are in a in the blogosphere mm-hmm. and, you know, where there are tens of millions of eyeballs. So when people mention, invariably mention the O word to me, I say, <laughs> you know, that is not necessarily the holy grail that we're going for. <laughs> I get the same thing. And, and go ahead, go, tell me a couple other titles. Yeah, and I'm working on Loving Him, Supporting Him, uh, a book about women, uh, successful women as a new breadwinner. A lot of women are supporting their husbands, and I don't mean just because he's out of work temporarily. I mean, they have the money, and so they wear the pants. And how does that work in a relationship? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fascinating book. Wow with a fascinating woman. So that's another thing that I'm working on. I've just got some really amazing projects in the works right now. I'm very excited. But this is my calling. This is what I love to do. And, Dick, what um, are you working? Can you tell, share with us some of the stuff you're working on now? Well, like I said, we we really cover a variety of different clients. A couple of my, probably my favorites right now, one is a company called The Leaky Collection, and that happens to be a... Uh, a uh, collection of jewelry made out of uh, what's called Zulu grass in Kenya by the Maasai women and uh, sold in the United States. And we were contracted again by them to uh, publicize the products and so forth in the United States and the company. And great people, great involvement they have. And uh, we have everything from that kind of a company to a couple of different software companies that we're working. We actually we have a private university. We've dealt with consumer products like candy and travel. So uh, just a variety of different kinds of things. And uh, part of the fun I have personally, and I think one of the reasons that we've, I've done it the way I've done it is, is getting involved in the different kinds of businesses. And I, I would imagine Judy probably feels Amen. the same way. Is that it, it's the part of the excitement yeah. is figuring out how companies have figured out a way to sell a service, a product, whatever, and get other people to write them checks. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I just never cease to be amazed or at all the different ways that a, a entrepreneurs as well as established companies 
uh, what they do for a living and how they go about doing it. And that's part of the fun of this business that we're in. I think in today's meltdown, you really have to be uh, look at the client differently and be entrepreneurial as, and, and become that client mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally and see how you can help them build their business. Judy, in your business, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's ghostwriting, and, and I think ghostwriting has become more and more and more known. Do you still have a secretive element to your business where you have to kind of um, not let people know about you? No. Um, do, cli- do, you, do your clients oh, know? I see people that, yes, there's some books out there that did very well that I ghosted. That That is true. Some people, they don't want you to hold their hand uh, publicly. You know, but can you use can you use um, the book in your own personal? Yeah, and material? and every one of them in the acknowledgement said, I, in essence, I couldn't have done this without my editor or my book collaborator Judy Katz. So it's not that they don't acknowledge me; it's just that they don't need my name on the thing saying with or and, you know, that kind of thing. But it's not really a secret. Okay, um, and. Because I used to have a dilemma. Like, I was one of the first people representing plastic surgeons before, mm-hmm. you know, when they were still afraid to have publicists because they were afraid of um, <laughs> the medical board. I know it's funny now, right, because we all do. Um, actually, now I think this story is ten- tends to be tired. But um, but we had to be secretive about it, you know. They were afraid. Yeah, absolutely. It was frowned upon to, quote, unquote, advertise or promote yourself that way years ago, and now it's, it's everyone's totally doing it. It's, it's all about specializing, especially in this market. Okay, I'm getting the music, which means um, that oh. I have to take a break. And by the way, my nephew wrote that music. His name's Doran Roberts Kettis, and he does a lot of oh. music themes. You can find him at doranrk at yahoo.com. We'll be right back with a break from our sponsor. <laughs> the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between... Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Vertex. 
Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Cision's communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Listening to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to PR Insider. Um, we've been talking all about publishing and self-publishing and um, also uh, uh, with uh, Richard Grove of Inc. Inc. doing some uh, PR by the placement. Uh, welcome back to the show to my lovely guests, Judy Katz and um, Dick Grove. Um, so, so Dick, you were saying on the break, <laughs> you're paid per placement, basically, uh, based business, and th- but then you have clients that are paying you to not get PR. Well, I said I had one at one. Oh, oh, okay. Time. Well, how, did, how yeah. would that work? <laughs> no, we would, we would, uh, we would be going out of business pretty fast. Yeah. But, or, or you would be able to say, "Hey, great! Here's the, here's the. I, I didn't get you anything today. Here's your fee." <laughs> uh, no, but we've had a couple where they have purposely said we would like to be publicized, but we don't want to be known that we're publicizing. Mm-hmm. You know that we've hired anybody, much like what you were talking about, and mm-hmm. we call those stealth clients that where we're hopefully getting stories out about them, their service, uh, their product, etc. But it's it it is uh, we keep it quiet that they've actually we don't publicize the fact that they work with us. So do you bury yourself in their letterhead and their corporate? Or do you act like you're an in-house person? How do you manage that? Uh, sometimes you do, and sometimes you just basically uh, it's you know it's the media really doesn't care. Okay. It's what we don't do is publicize ourselves 
as working with them. We don't uh, we don't let the trades know, et cetera, et cetera, that we've just acquired this company as a client or whatever. Uh. So it's not a matter of being transparent. It's a matter. I mean, uh, to the you know to the media. Like I said, it's very difficult for most people to realize, but the media really doesn't care that much. They only care if you're giving them a good story. They don't really care from whence it's coming that much as long as it's a credible, good story that they can use for their readers or their audience. Right, right. Judy, you have this um, uh, thing on your website called Ghost Booksters. Right. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, one of the things that I uh, try to do is find ghostwriting uh, projects for other writers because I'm one person. I can't always uh, do all the books that come to me. Mm-hmm. So Ghostbooksters is a way of reaching out to other good writers. Uh-huh. And that's what I do. But uh, commenting on what Dick just said, um I, for example, um, for Welsh's grape juice, I did a story not on Welsh's per se, but on the heart-healthy benefits of grape juice and what people were saying about that. So, And then, parenthetically, you bring in the company so that it doesn't seem like an advertisement. Right. And that no, works. Did that, and that's kind of a good strategy. Yeah, that works well on the, on the Internet, uh, in the Internet world, too, with the blogging and very authentic. It comes from not selling. Selling but not selling. Right. And some companies also, as Dick said, you know, want crisis intervention. They have a problem. And um, I always caution my clients not to respond to criticism or blogs. There are ways to do it, you know, but not to be reactive. Mm-hmm. So you do have to be very smart in advising your clients on how to react when they have a, a current or an, uh, a looming crisis. Right. And are you are both of you in uh, in the mode of uh, hiring any new people, or you know, Dick, are you always on the lookout for uh, talent? Well, absolutely. We have probably on any given time we have around twenty twenty five people that work for us, but around the country, but. Mm-hmm. No, interesting time is right now is we've got a, a backlog of new business in the in the pipeline. Uh, the recession and recessionary time tends to make uh, our model more attractive. Right. So we've been we're, we're we're lucky, and so we're always looking for good people. But we're pretty discerning about the people that work with us because it takes a certain discipline one to work out of a home office. And two, to have the kind of track record with the media that we require. Right, right. And 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 Judy, what about you? I just hired a full-time publicist. I and I so I have three people working here, and I had sworn that I was going to work alone. <laughs> but I have, you know, my Wait, you have three people in CEO. I'm entrepreneurial, so I'm growing this thing. I have people who work virtually from their homes. Oh, okay. Well. You know, so it, it it is kind of growing. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so amazing how with all the new um, technology, you know, we can we can do that now. I mean, I, seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah, I remember having employees, and even though I loved them, and I still love them, you mm-hmm. know, having them in my home office every day, even though the right. office was separated, it was. Uh huh. You know, just too much, just too much with all and with all their drama. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are talking about drama, too, because we only have a minute left. But um, personally, I stay away from the entertainment business. And, 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 um, and Dick, you were saying the same thing, too, too much maintenance. They tend to be, yeah, entertainers and show business folks, and I actually spent some time in that area myself, so I know. But it, it, they can tend to be kind of high maintenance, high expectations, uh, and uh, sometimes difficult to work with. Diva. So, how's that? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I find saying, and, and, and Judy, what about you? Do you um, do entertainment-based books, or you stay away from those? Yeah, totally. Stay away. Stay away. Isn't that funny? I mean, I've, because, you know, I'm based in Los Angeles, and there's, you know, just, you know, that's my, mainly when you say you're a publicist, everyone assumes you represent celebrities. Yes. Or directors or, you know. And I just there's another that. Judy Katz who works with David Hasselhoff. Oh, you know and, what? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I get calls and emails for her all the time. It's so funny. <laughs> well, maybe David I, wants to write a book. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to end the show. Thank you so much for coming on. It was really great, really informative. And, um, you know, and, and please come back. Please check out Judy Katz. At, go ahead, Judy, say your um, website. CatsCreative.com. With a K. And Dick? It's InkInkPR.com, I-N-K-I-N-C-P-R.com. Wonderful. And I want to thank my sponsor, Cision, and I want to thank my executive producer, John Missel. Don't forget to go to PRInsider.biz and sign up for our weekly reminders, and you can always archive the show and listen to it later. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis, and don't forget to relate to your public, whoever they may be. Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.